0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's the USA Report podcast coming to you on a Saturday. It's a championship Saturday. Uh, a lot of football games going on today. Uh, I think the Big 12 championship game is going on right now as we record, um, and uh, you know everybody's attention is rightly posted uh, to the TV, looking at those games. But yesterday we had a big game, the game that we, you presumably care about, right, considering that, uh, well, that you're a Conference USA fan, right? So congratulations to the UTSA Roadrunners for winning the 2021 Conference U- the Ryan 2021 Conference USA uh, uh, trophy. Um, there was a moment where Judy McLeod had to hand off the trophy to the winning team, to uh the yeah uh, Jeff trailer there and she didn't look super excited about it uh considering, you know, well that they're leaving, right? It it was unintentionally a battle between future Conference USA, meaning Western Kentucky, and old Conference USA, new old Conference USA and U T S A. Um all that aside, it was a great game. In the moment, a lot of good stuff happened. UTSA has, has been a great story this season. Um, you know, they, they are everybody's favorite other team right now. I saw, like, on ESPN, they're doing the Meep Meep and the Triangle of Toughness thing. Um, there's always a cutesy team that everybody adopts. Excuse me, i have to take a sip of coffee. And UTSA is that cutesy team right now. You can parlay that into something good, right? You know, uh, college football is fun. There's weird named teams. Was it the banana slug somewhere? Um, And, you know, like, it's fun, but it's also serious business, meaning that people get fired for not taking advantage of these marketing opportunities when they present themselves. And that's what the case was. Uh, The city was not buzzing, not all around. Not everybody is down for the UTSA roadrunners, but a lot of people are. You saw, there were 41,000 people there. The stadium holds 65,000, right? They didn't even come close to really approaching that. Um, They opened up some sections, and it was not completely filled up top. Uh, Contrast that with, like I said, the Alamo Bowl, which will routinely sell out, especially if you get, like, a Texas in there, Texas A&M, anybody kind of local. I've been to a handful of Alamo Bowls, even, like, Nebraska and, like, Michigan State way, way back in the day. And those are packed, right? You get sixty five thousand on the regular. When the Big Twelve Championship game was played there way back when it would sell out pretty easily. So, um that gives you a sense of like how how much you know, how popular it was. It was the third largest crowd in conference USA football championship history, right? Which is great. Um U T S A was the third largest crowd in, in program history. It surpassed the thirty five thousand Regular season total that was there for UAB. Now, that was a little artificially limited because all the the, the seats sold were on the lower level. They they block off the very top, the 300 level. Uh, this time they opened just a, a few sections um, and got some people in there. And, you know, like I said I, I mentioned on the site that we had, s- I saw some walk-ups when I was picking up the credentials on Thursday. Uh, you know. Good times. There was a good tailgating crowd, considering that it's a Friday and that uh, it, you know the game was kind of early, relatively early, six, 6 p.m. Good crowd. Uh, the people came in somewhere around the first quarter. Again, that's to be expected. Uh, there were some press box dudes. I didn't, I didn't get their names, but they were kind of talking and saying, hey, "Is it rush hour?" I mean, you know, uh, yes, it is rush hour at six p.m. even on Friday. Um, as it was, incredible game. The story was Bailey Zappi versus, uh, you know, the really good UTSA squad that beat him earlier. Zappi threw 59 times for 36 completions, 577 yards, four scores, two interceptions. One interception was really his fault, and that was a terrible throw. The second one was a, a heave into, you know, a desperation toss. So it counts against him, and, but, you know, it it, uh, it also wasn't really indicative of his play. Um, you know, the the high level, what happened in this game? Uh, UTSA scored pretty much whenever they wanted, seven touchdowns, including four straight to start the game, uh, and I thought that was key for a lot of reasons. But they did get slowed late, just slowed, not stopped. I wouldn't say, and but they got enough stops of Bailey Zappi in Western Kentucky to win the game. Right, the final score was an eight-point difference, but at one point this game was forty-two to thirteen. You know, it was blowout time. Uh full credit to western Kentucky for coming back and i and I saw a few Western Kentucky fans leaving kind of talking about the game afterwards uh in and around um and you know they were lamenting the fact that um uh you know that all the missed opportunities so w- we'll get into those right'll talk about what happened uh and kind of give you you know our impressions of the game. Uh it was a fuller press box, you know, a lot of West Kentucky people there. Uh local media, a lot of local media, some of the like say the local paper had the columnist guy and the local, you know, the beat writer. It, it you know, commensurate with the the quality and the importance of this game, right? So um what do we have? Start of the game, <laughs> Bailey Zappi takes his team, uh scores an uh <laughs> They, they drive and get a 60-yard pass to Mitchell Tinsley. They were targeting. Uh, it looked like that out there. I, I never got a, a clear answer on whether or not they were looking at Tariq Woolen, who was just back from injury, or they just liked their matchup with, with Tinsley on anybody. Uh, Tinsley had a hell of a game, you know, all things considered. Nine catches, 173 yards for him, and two scores, including that 60-yard bomb. He did get missed a couple times. Uh, he got... You know, of his nine catches, he was targeted seventeen times. So there was a lot of meat left on the bone, and full credit to UTSA's defense for making it tough. They challenged him. They were step for step. Even when they got beat, they were forcing Bailey Zappi to put it in a window. He didn't always do that, you know, um, but he did it enough that you know he made it tough. And Tariq will end up getting um, ejected from the game late, and that did have a little bit of an effect on the game. But by then, he kind of knew what was gonna happen uh and and UTSA was playing like in a prevent defense so they didn't really press anything uh, so i don't I, I don't know that that really changed the game but uh if you talk to a western kentucky person they will say a couple things one drop passes mis, mis- cues caused the mistake um and they're right the number one was to start the the second drive so western kentucky goes down and score UTSA um basically walks down the field right and uh, frank Harris gets a nice little run uh, for a touchdown, he had a hel- he had a really good game. Eleven carries, eighty-one yards, one score, uh, two hundred eighteen yards passing, two touchdowns. Really good game from pa- Frank Harris. Uh, he came up big when he needed to, which is what I've been saying about the guy all season. Is that he's good enough? Uh, that w- you know, whatever you want to say about him, uh, his ability to throw the ball, he's loose with it. Maybe does not make the best decision. His throwing form is weird, whatever. Um, uh, when it's time to make a play and you need a guy to make a play, he will he will be that guy and he will make said play. So UTSA drives down, gets an easy score. Um, you know, it, it <laughs> portended a long night for Western Kentucky. Uh, what was it, like seven plays, 75 drive uh, yards? It was just kind of one for one. Western Kentucky gets the ball, and they drive right down the field, six plays, 51 yards, and they get a field goal. But a couple things happen on that drive. One, uh, was it Cofield? Uh, Adam Cofield bobbled the ball. He was wide open. It was a little slot route, a little slot go. Uh, he beat his man. Zappi put it on him. He bobbled it. He had like three chances to catch it as he was bobbling it, and so he doesn't score. It was a sure touchdown. So that one doesn't go in. Um, they still get down the field. Um, kick a field goal. Okay. Uh, you know, seven to th- uh, uh, ten to seven. Not uh, you know a bad start. UTSA drives down a 14-play, 75-yard drive. Fairly easy, a lot of the same same kind of things. Um, yeah, let me make sure I know what I'm talking about here by looking at the at the drive chart. So I wanted to say something about this. Uh, yeah. So yeah, a lot of runs, right? Uh, Frank Harris, short pass, uh, short pass. McCormick, you know, just running the ball steadily, uh, running the ball. What I, I noticed early, especially, is that they were getting the ball and running where they needed to run, right? Just running out uh, on the edge, setting the expectation that they're getting around the edge. Uh, That forced Western Kentucky to adjust, and then they had a lot of success running up the middle, especially with Frank Harris just kind of taking the ball uh, right up the middle. There was a fourth down play. They go for it, and they get it, right? Fourth and one, McCormick got two. Uh, he He was stopped, but, you know, he got pushed over the... Over the the yard line and and uh, we end up seeing a McCormick run for for a touchdown, right? Just good stuff from UTSA mixing it up. Um, uh, I liked I liked they were multiple, you know, they they were bringing different looks, um, you know, like uh, probably just to break their trend in their scouting report. And uh, Western Kentucky, you know, they had them, you know, if UTSA were more conservative, they had them stopped at fourth and one, but Actually, they didn't, right? You know, you got to actually stop them. And, um, you know, UTSA showed some good looks early. They scored a touchdown. Uh, they they didn't score as easily early as they did last time they played. The easy scores came a little bit later. So, okay, where were we at? Uh, 14-10, right? Western Kentucky blinked first. Then an the extra drive. 15 plays, 59 yards on this one. Uh, It was, you know, like if you like... Uh, college football, if you like offense, if you like some clever, uh, that's what you saw in this one. You know what I mean? There were, uh, um, probably too many to describe on a podcast, uh, this podcast especially. Uh, but what I liked about it is that, uh, Western Kentucky has so much. They're not just, we have a guy with a big arm will throw it down the field. Uh they are al- there are also we have guys that can run great routes. We have receivers that can block. We have a, a line that can uh pass block. We have uh you know, lots of things. Um and it's it's fun to see. Um where am I? I lost my place, guys. I look at my where am I? Okay. It's the end of first quarter I'm talking about, right? So, do, 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 yeah, All right. Um, like, h- I think what what stood out is like not only like Bailey Zappi is he able to uh, put it on. He he has an arm. He can make all the throws. You can see that in the game. Um, you know, got streaking down the middle, he can put it over the top of them. Uh, down the sideline, he can give him enough air on it. Uh, you know, he has touch. He can put it where he needs to. There was um, a pass that ended up being on the goal line. And I'm trying to remember who uh, who he got it to. Ben Ratzloff, There he is. A 19-yard pass. He put it over the top of the outstretched arms of the defenders uh, on a line, basically. He had to have enough um, zip on it to get there, but it had to have enough touch to get out of the way of the other guys. It was on this drive I'm talking about. Uh, just good stuff. I, I think uh, Western try to mix in a little bit more runs. Uh they were again looking for Mike Mitchell Tinsley, Corey Malachi, look at them, looking at them deep and they couldn't couldn't find him. I think uh Malachi Corey. He dropped the pass. Um uh, Mitchell Tinsley, you know, he was trying to get open. Lots of good stuff. You can see what UT what Western Kentucky was trying to do. You can see how U T S A was trying to defend it. They liked their corners on those guys and they thought they can do a good job. And I thought everything all told, it worked. Against lesser teams, lesser offenses, none of that happens, right? You, I mean, you you don't you don't have them beat, and then they just say, you know what, we're just gonna keep scoring on you. I thought, um, I mean, what was uh, a a good play there? There was a uh, basically, I think uh, I'm trying to remember and look at the at the thing here and try to read at the same time and look at my notes. So I apologize. Um, that Western Kentucky had like Bailey sacked, and then they hit on third and six. Jareth Stearns and um I think I tweeted like yeah, mesh always works. It was mesh and you've seen teams run mesh and they don't run it well, uh or they you know, the quarterback finds the wrong guy that comes open. What happened here? Uh he found him in stride, he gets the first down. Uh, you would have this moment where UTSA's crowd, which is forty one thousand one hundred and forty five all told, was rocking, it was loud, you know, there was whistling. And they would silence everybody with a well timed pass or just a ridiculous kind of pass. everybody just kind of go, "Oh, okay, well, that was nice um, so yeah, yeah here it is right here, third and fifteen that's what it was so um the drives on the west Kentucky twenty five right there was a nine yard pass, two yard uh run, another first down um rush for eight yards, you know, like I said, Whittington. Those guys are getting some... um, They're trying to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, He hits Daywood Davis for 13 yards. A couple of deep tosses on first and 10, second and 10. uh, And then a a, a false start penalty, right? So third and 15, this looks like basically time uh, to punt, right? Like, this is wrapped up. And what happens is, little crossing route, Jared Stern, easy stuff, easy completion, right? But it's hard because you have to put it. You have to read. You have to get the pass block for to allow the dude to run across the field. You have to find him and then hit him in stride. The play is designed for him, but there are other guys that come open, especially if that one's locked up. Um, you know, and great for uh, uh, good on Jareth Stearns for running this route. He's such a great route runner, uh, great pass catcher. Uh, it kind of sucks that he <laughs> muffed that punt later. And we'll talk about that. Third and fifteen, he gets sixteen yards. Right. Drive continues, drive continues. He hits Rats left over the top. And then here's a crucial moment, right? Because 'Cause you're driving, it's fourteen and ten, you're on your third possession, and you know, U T S A has gotten two touchdowns, you've got a touchdown and the field goal. You can it's fine, you can stay within three if you score a touchdown here and you feel good about yourself. Instead, first and goal from the three, uh well, rats have caught it and he kinda bounced at like the half inch yard and they rule him down there. Um Zappy mishandles the ball, uh, on the on like the handoff, so he falls down. Loss of three. Okay, second and goal from the four. Not a big deal, right? Ball flies over his head. Is that Bailey Zappy's head on the snap? And then you have third and uh, goal from the 16th. And then you're trying to uh, pass to Tinsley. Nothing good doing. And all of a sudden you're kicking a field goal. You know. So. Yeah, you're. It's fourteen, thirteen, and you know you're only down a point, but you've had the ball three times, and they had the ball three, uh, two times, right? So UTSA drives down the field, again, pretty straightforward. Um, Brendan Brady ends up scoring from six yards out. Uh, I think this is the one where Brady, you know, flipped the ball to uh, uh yeah, Zachary Franklin on that twenty-four yard pass. Franklin reaches up, catches between two people. He caught between one guy. And, uh, but he, uh, I'm getting alerts over here. I'm trying to turn this off. There uh, we go. Um, what's important about this drive is that Western Kentucky had UTSA on third and five. And Frank Harris found uh, Sincere McCormick, McCormick for 21 yards. And he nearly broke, the, he broke it, right? And then there was another third and four. And Sincere McCormick ran for seven for a first down. Uh, it started to look like Western didn't really have the answers, and I mean, you know, third and five, third and four, those are not dangerous positions. You can still run pretty much your whole offense. And UTSA felt like they could do anything. Obviously, they ran the ball. Um, that uh, that uh, second and four pass was uh Brendan Brady throwing it to Zachary Franklin, twenty four yards. That was huge because it might have been incomplete, right? I think that's what uh, Western Kentucky was saying. The dude was waving his hands. He didn't review it. Uh, ultimately, you could see it was pretty clear on the replays, but from my vantage, it was on the far side of the field. Uh, it was not as clear. So, three possessions, three touchdowns for UTSA. Three possessions, one score, two field goals for Western Kentucky. That's the first big mistake, right? You're not keeping pace, and like I say, UTSA ends up scoring four touchdowns straight. All right, Western gets the ball back here. Um,. And this is a huge, m- another huge moment, right? And talking about miscues. One, we have the uh, drop pass earlier. Uh, second was the bad snap. This is the third one. Um, Zappi hits Kyle Rubishow 38 yards down the sideline. This is, again, what I said was ridiculous that UTSA's uh, home crowd is rocking. Everybody feels really good. Like, we're about to whoop them. We're about to whoop them. First play, 38 yards. Field is flipped. And you're saying, okay, well. All right, I guess we're going to have to defend this team. How do we defend them? You can see kind of like that nervousness, especially around the people in the press box there. Um, the press box at the Alamo Dome is about, like, club level, unlike, say, you know, like say the New Orleans Bowl, where it's, like, way in the sky, or I think um, at, like, Jerry World, where uh, you're, like, far over in the, in the left corner. Anyway, um, a false start by Western Kentucky. Uh, Zappy throws it deep to Tinsley, incomplete. Um, then a sack. This is where Clarence Hicks, and I think this one was his ninth sack of the season, set the all-time record at UTSA on this one. a uh, big play is at the forty-two yard line, and you know, like he just flies around the end, wraps him up, gets the sack in midfield. Poses. The crowd's going crazy. All that nervousness that I mentioned was gone because they're like, you can feel the relief. that's second and fifteen. So third and twenty-three, UTSA has three deep safeties. They just bail um you know zappy hits cofield for 15 yards and it's fourth and eight right and they decide let's kick a field goal uh Braid Narvison. he can make this uh it had the distance wide left i think on this one yeah and we have our first real blink the other ones are maybe you know minor blinks mini blinks this is a real win for utsa um you know no points on this possession and I think you can question. You can maybe say, hey, why don't we try to score? Why don't we try to get eight yards? Uh, I mean, you know, we we have the best passer in the nation right now, the best offense in the nation. We can get eight yards, can't we? Or is it just like, you know, what? it's early in the game. Let's we'll just get some points. I can understand the logic. I can also understand going for it. Uh, and I think missing in at that point is maybe as depressing as not getting the fourth and eight. Um, as it is, uh, like I said, you've blinked, and now where you were eight possession away, right? You know, eight one, two scores away, one possession, right? Eight points away. Uh, you're now immediately down big. Um, this is where first play. Uh, sincere McCormick breaks out for sixty-five yards. He turned on the Jets in on this one. He only had sixty yards last week against uh, North Texas. Sixty-five yards on this one run. Um, uh, I think this is his second of the day and already you can feel the crowd rocking, uh, you know, Western Kentucky gets the ball. And whereas instead previously you're like, well, you know, they don't necessarily need a score, you know, they just kind of get a need a stop here. Now you're like, you know, if they don't score a touchdown here, it's over question mark. Right. So this is the second huge mistake. Right. All right. Let's recap them again. Um, Drop pass was a sure touchdown. Uh, Ball snapped over the head. Missed field goal. Third one's coming up. 65 yard kick. uh, Beanie Bishop returns it 48 yards to the Western 48. Uh, Great field position. Again, this is (laughs) the same thing, right? The crowd rocking, and they're like, oh, man, we got to defend this team from the 48. What a great field position. Um, The ball snapped over uh, Zabby's head. I think they call it fumble by team, right? Uh, It was like a. 13 yard loss, right? So you start first and 10 from the 48. Now it's second and 33 from the 25. Uh 10-yard pass to Sterns, 12-yard pass to Turns, and uh all of that it, those are first down. That's first down yardage, right? You gain 22 yards and you know what? It's still fourth and 11. So um that's I- that's just such a huge mistake, right? You lose such big was I said 13, you lost 23 yards such big yardage there that you essentially gave this position away, just on that one play. And it's 4th and 11. You have to punt. 4th and 11 from the 47. You basically just got back to the line of scrimmage right? the original. You punt. And, I mean, it it sure feels like there's enough time for UTSA to drive here and maybe score again. And, um, you know, they they don't. This is is, um, you know, like the, the UT where West Kentucky's defense s- stepped up. And it was a um, it was the longest drive, like five minutes left. I think they got it. I'm trying to remember here. They got it somewhere around um, the six-minute mark, right? So you think we get a quick stop, and we can get the ball back, and we can do something, right? Maybe. Um, six minutes, 46 seconds on the clock. UTSA says, let's just run the ball again. We gave it to Sincere McCormick. He ran 65. This time he gets nine. He Then he gets 14. And then uh, you know Harris. It's uh, I think it's Franklin. They're driving. They're driving. You go from the UTSA 15 all the way to the to midfield. Uh, there was a flag here and there. I think there was like on, um uh yeah third and three. There was a a pass interference by Zachary Franklin. Uh, I think it was this drive that Frank Harris was just completely owning the play, right? Um, that uh, he was come in the pocket, he made the right pass. I think it was the one to Cardenas that I'm thinking of where it, it, there was just a lot of just just excellent quarterback in play, right? He just had full control. Um anyway, UTSA ends up punting the ball um because they, they get to third and 18, there was a, that offensive pass interference uh Frank Harris, he gained 10 yards again just just taking as much as he can. That that punt pins him back uh Jared Stern's fair catch at the 13. So uh, again, y- you think about that. Uh, I mean, one, Lucas Dean is a great punter. You probably could pinned him into the 13 no matter what. But even that 10 yards just made it easier on him. right? So this drive ends in another 53-yard field goal uh, attempt by uh, uh, Neverson. This one from right down the middle. The drive is, you know, Zappi, 16 yards to Tinsley. I think they lined up in five wide, and they were hitting that little slot uh, on the left side out of the trips. Then again, Zappi to Tinsley, 18 yards. Just kind of easy stuff. UTSA is playing off, not a big deal. Um, Zappy hits Cofield for 14. They're moving, but the clock is ticking. Uh, they got it with a minute left, and I think at this time, I forget it what 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 where the time was, but they basically had nothing left, right? Uh, Zappy run up the middle on like second and ten, sna- uh, spike the ball. Seven seconds left. You need to kick a field goal, but he misses it wide right. Right. Third, absolutely huge mistake. So two possessions, good drives in both of them, uh, missed field goals, sandwich a uh, a uh, uh, you know bad snap. They got you no points. Just absolute horrible <laughs> opportunities missed for uh, Western Kentucky. They only get three points in the in the quarter. Ninety-six total yards. UTSA scores fourteen, including on that one play drive. Your halftime score 28-13. and I think if you are at this point, I was writing about it. You felt okay. I saw some some West Kentucky fans saying, "You know what? This is going to be fine. We have the kind of team that can score. We were down eight against Marshall. And we won by thirty-two. It's going to happen again. We're going to figure it out. This, that, and the other. Understandable. Um, the the next gigantic, huge mistake. Uh, starts out. Oh McCormick goes over. You know, uh, down the middle. I think I have it. Uh six yards, five yards, three yard run, two yard run. U T S A just basically saying we're gonna run the clock. Uh we have this game and we feel good about our run. Um on second and uh third and nine, um Frank Harris drops back and and he you know, he gets sacked. I think around this time this is what uh Jeff Traylor was mentioning when he said, Yeah, uh we were kinda getting a little conservative at maybe just ran it a little too much. Whatever. They punt the ball, Lucas Dean punts it 48, 47, 48 yards, something like that, down to inside the 20. And Jared Stearns has it, just the same way he did, you know, a couple possessions previous where he just catches it easily, except he doesn't catch it. He, he It goes right through him, hits him on the knee, and UTSA recovers. Uh, At that point, if you get that stop and you're Western Kentucky, you're down 28, 13, you could presumably drive Score a touchdown. I don't think that's outside the realm of uh, expectation. And, you know, you're down 8, and you feel good. Instead, you give UTSA the ball, and they score two plays later. Uh, Frank Harris flips it over to Zachary Franklin, makes a one-handed catch, and it's over, right, <laughs> basically. 35-13, just like that. Uh, then the final gigantic, huge mistake and y- you will uh, forgive me for saying this thing is over at this point. Uh, it's 35-13. Um, first, play as first or second play, uh, Bailey Zappi, they try to d- run a just a little quick hitch, right? I think that was the the when the ones where the linemen all kind of dive the a little cut block. Zappi pump fakes. He didn't see what he wanted, and then he looks again. He feels the pressure. He th- forces it. He gets hit, and the ball sails on him just a bit. Interception. Uh, was it Parks, right? I think it was. Antonio Parks, interception. And uh, two plays, zero yards, interception. And uh, so UTSA has the ball again. They hand it off to McCormick. One play. He gets 17 yards, touchdown. Pouring it on. Uh, And, you know, it is at this point, uh, what is it, Uh, 42? 42 to 13, right? It's basically over. Uh, there was an unsportsmanlike conduct conduct for <laughs> for over celebrating, but at this point, I think uh McCormick had something like 150 yards rushing in his third touchdown. All right, so we'll just hit these and we'll talk about the scores because uh Zappy and team they absolutely just needed to score and they just started clicking. Uh, you had Daywood Davis 35 yards, just again money, just a beautiful ball to that dude. Uh there was a, I, I loved watching West Kentucky's offense in this one. Yeah, UTSa did a lot of good stuff, but a lot of that was just because West Kentucky's defense is pre- really terrible. And I've talked a lot about how, like, the individual brilliance of UTSa, like Zachary Franklin makes one spectacular get catch per game. Uh the Clark, um, he, you know, same similar things. Uh and Frank Harris, I talked about him. Um, Bailey Zappi is just it just their offense is just well executed. Like these routes are precisely run. The uh the balls are thrown in stride, hitting the receivers in stride. They catch it in stride. They make the right move. Just a lot of little things like technique things, like the way they catch it and then go to the ground and protect themselves from big hits. Uh, and UTSa did hit them a couple times, pretty big. Uh, the way they catch with their hands, little, just all these little things that you can see why they've been the most explosive offense in the league. They drive down. Mitchell Tinsley, Tinsley scores a touchdown. Uh, twelve yards, right? Forty two to twenty. See and that's what I'm saying is that like <laughs> you could reasonably expect them to have gone down and scored the same kind of touchdown. It's forty two to twenty, right? You cut it to twenty two. Um and uh I think uh big big stop came up here where uh UTSA goes for it on fourth and one that you gave it to McCormick. Uh nothing happens, and it's a turnover on downs, right? Big stop there, and then Zappy takes his team down to, to score a touchdown. I want to say that's the f- the only the second stop at that point that Western Kentucky got, if I'm counting right, uh, like not including the half, and um, you know, like so the defense, if you're counting, you know, you know, it, it's already kind of always give up a touchdown when you're like inside your own twenty first play. Those are more easily for forgiven, although you can expect better. Um, but they got two stops right. They forced the punt and they got this one right here. So uh, for the fans were like, well, the defense needed to step up, and I thought they played better they did second half they were much better um they get the ball back to the offense zappi ends up taking his team down for uh, and hitting Jared Stearns for a 13-yard slant uh again pretty quick only used two uh 2 minutes on this drive and uh they missed a two-point conversion i think Beijing, the tight end this is like a second drop pass one was like on the first play to start the game this one the second one I hit him in the hands coach always said they hit you in the hands uh you should have caught it 42-26 right still Pretty much blowout territory. If you're UTSA, just run the ball, right? You, you're you're pounding the ball. You're doing good. A um, lot of passing. I think first and ten, Frank Harris threw the ball, nine yards. And great, it's nine yards. He, he goes out of bounds, though. Um, you know, uh, gave it to McCormick. Just a lot of Frank Harris-type plays. And, you know, I don't absolutely hate them. They got some first downs. They were moving the ball. They got to the fourth quarter. You still have your big lead. Um and then they line up fourth and eleven to twenty nine I think on third and fifteen, um I'm trying to figure how they got they got to this point because they converted on third and ten they got a two yard run oh Frank Harris gets sacked for five yards right uh and then so uh third and fifteen they just run the ball uh and so they line up Hunter DePlessis, lines up for a forty six yard field goal right down the middle and it goes wide right also crowd kind of groans a little bit but you use five minutes in this drive. 14 plays, overall good drive, right, especially given the lead. You're up 42 to 26. You can take all the time in the world. Um, What's crazy, four plays, five plays later, whatever it was, uh, I think actually they ruled ruled them down. I'm kind of reading my notes ahead, sorry. Uh, Quick pass to Stearns, uh, 50 yards down the field. Um, uh, Another quick pass to Winton, 7 yards. 13-yard pass to Tin- uh, Mitchell Tinsley. He caught a slant. He, like, powered his way into the end zone, basically. Uh, But they said, no, after review, you got to do it again. Handed it off to Robichaud. Touchdown, Western Kentucky. And it's now, you know, Uh, well, they they did a two-point conversion. This two-point conversion was beautiful. Uh, They run the little, um, I can't even think of the name of the play anymore. Your outside receiver runs a little short route, a little slant. Inside receiver runs a corner, right? It's a two-man read. And... um they throw it over the top. He kind of pump fakes and places it over the top. Uh, Stern skies catches it two hands and comes down. It was a beautiful play, great throw, great catch, great execution. Um, it's 42-34. Crowd is you know just an eight-point lead. Crowd's kind of mumbling. You can hear some you know some of the guys like wait, wait, they should run or they should do this or that should this should happen. Uh, then a huge drive. This was a uh, mistake by the defense, I thought. Like, they played really well, but this crucial mistake uh, is not necessarily what cost them, but then, it, you know, he used up a big chance. Uh, Third and nine um, from the 43. Frank Harris throws to DeCorian Clark, six yards out of bounds. Sets up fourth and three. You can punt. Full credit to Jeff Traylor here saying fourth and three. We just saw what Bailey Zappi did. If we give him the ball. It's very possible that we have a tie game here after one drive. Let's not do that, right? Let's be bold. Let's try to win this game. Uh, Frank Harris comes out. Um, I think it was uh, they motion the back out of the backfield. Or yeah, They motioned. Less, it basically clears out for Frank Harris and Zachary Franklin. He's one-on-one. On one, he has a little space, and I think West Kentucky was trying to protect against going over the top. Uh, he runs a short little out. Easy pass to him, turns up the field. Uh I think Miguel Edwards is guarding him and it's a first down, right? Then next play nine yards to McCormick, next play four yards to McCormick, and then um Frank Harris finds DeCorian Clark twenty eight yards on uh on Miguel again. And you know touchdown UTSA. Forty nine thirty four. Everybody's breathing a sigh of relief. Uh used four minutes on the drive and you know there's only six minutes left in the game. So it, it's back to miracle time. Like, that was a huge play. Full credit to Jeff Traylor. Big decision. They executed. They got it. Not only preserving the drive, but then, yeah, you score a touchdown and you're giving your chance uh, to your team to score a touchdown. That was a criticism I had a couple weeks ago of Bill Clark. He's not giving his guys a chance to win the game, right? He was saying, let's not lose the game. Let's punt the ball. Let's play defense. Uh, you know, give it. Let, let Dwayne Hopkins play, let uh, Dwayne McBride play. Um, anyway, uh, fast forward, Zappy gets the ball, he, he got, I think he got hurried by, uh, by Hicks, they, they were chasing him around, full credit to that offensive line in, it's time to throw mode, we know they're gonna throw mode, they didn't really get to Zappy that much, he ended up getting sacked here and there, he got pressure on him, but he had a lot of time, a lot, re- like really often, like he threw the ball like 60 times, and he, don't, he wasn't Uh, like running for his life that much he was getting pressure but it was like normal right the normal percentage of pressure that you get uh for throwing the ball so much um and a a lot of that's you know kitley dialing up plays keeping them on their toes um you know right when they're bringing pressure saying let's let's throw some quick stuff let's get the ball let's do some formation things to keep you off balance where you have to check out of things. Maybe you were going to bring a big pressure, and they they line up funny, and you're like, you know what? Let's let's check out of this and let's sit back. Um. So fourth and eleven. There's an offside penalty, uh, and that sets up fourth fourth and six, right? It, it kind of starts out bad. Eight yards to Jared Stearns, just like that. And again, the crowd just kind of settles down. That in another game where there wasn't so much offense would be a gigantic play. Like fourth and six. What a play. But they made it routine. Like I mentioned the other one, third and 15, you get 16 yards. Fourth and six, and they get eight yards. I, again, it makes you wonder about that fourth and eight that kick the field going because you're like, we can kind of just get these yards so easily. Um, what happens next? Ten yards uh, to Stearns again a couple plays later. Timeout UTSA. Uh, Bailey Zappi hits Stearns again uh, for another first down. Just This is where Stearns started turning it up. And, um, you know, do I have the... Let me grab his his full stats right now, uh, because I don't have them in front of me. Uh, yeah, ten grabs, 179 yards, two scores, uh, for him to complete this game. Uh, and he caught a 34-yard pass. Again, just just hitting him over the top, just beautiful stuff. They, you know, they they find ways to find your vulnerable, uh, areas. They really like threatening you down the sideline, one on one, going over the top, and being very vertical that way. And so then you're like, let's let's get a couple safeties out of here and give them help over the top. And they say, fine, we're gonna ch- we're gonna hit you down the middle, um, where you uh, are vulnerable. And that's what they did. Just good stuff all around. Just a lot of uh, great offensive stuff from Western Kentucky. I I am a fan of everybody over there. Um, Thirty-four yards to Stearns, touchdown. They kick the extra point. 49-41. Uh, that ends up being our final score. Two minutes used, nine plays, seven two yards, and uh, you know this is basically the the game right here, right? like I said, it, it that was huge. You still have some time. I think at this point, it still had three timeouts, right? First, uh, you know, first down for uh, for UTSA, four yards to McCormick. Second down, two yards to McCormick. Third and four, they throw deep, offside on the defense. It was just so ridiculous, so terrible. They, I, I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to beat the snap, but you had third and four. Um, you know, UTSA hadn't quite done uh, a lot uh, in the second half compared to their first, and you could reasonably expect that you're going to get the ball in good position with a lot of time left because UTSA started like three minutes, fifty seconds, whatever it was. Uh, it, you had two minutes, a minute and a half. You could reasonably expect to go to the field especially with three timeouts, third and four, you go offside. First down, UTSA. Um, McCormick runs up the middle for nine yards. That's another terrible <laughs> situation uh, that basically sets it up like you're definitely going to get a first down. Except there's a false start, right? Frank Harris rushes for nine yards. Um, but then there was a penalty on Joshua Cephas, okay? You, c- you can't just quite win the game, I think Taylor said here. Um, you know, But Western Kentucky wasn't really helping things because uh, I think he got he ended up getting mostly the first down. He had more yards. See if it didn't really hold that much. It was it was very questionable. Second and seven, Timeout, UT, uh, West Kentucky, uh, McCormick runs up two uh for two yards. Third and five, McCormick rushes for three yards. I hated this play here. It was like a toss play. he loses three yards. I don't know what they're thinking there. Uh, just line up, run up the middle. Uh, if you want to get it on the edge, uh, get Frank Harris right like put them in a put em in a bind to uh do a little run pass option or something don't do this uh toss plays almost never work unless uh unless you really know what you're doing and I don't I don't really like this one especially at this point in time cuz uh, uh Kentucky is going to be overly aggressive on anything right especially any toss so third and 5 you get negative uh <laughs> negative 3 yards you punt and it's basically it right now sets up the final drama. Uh Zappi has the ball from the 22 with a minute left, no timeouts. Uh in conference USA we've seen this before, right? We saw last uh, or 2 weeks ago Frank Harris basically did the same thing to UAB. Uh like in 2016 or 2017 uh Mason Fine did this to UTSA. There's a history of this kind of thing, right? And you get uh Zappi with the ball moving down the field. Uh UAB defended Kid Stockstill in a similar situation in 2018, right, this is, you know, it was a big play, Western Kentucky needed two scores, but one drive, right, first play, seven yards to day with Davis, next play, huge Clarence Hicks gets a sack for five yards, and the clock is ticking, tick, 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 and, uh, that was Hicks' tenth of, th- of the season, set a program record, uh, that set up, uh, what is it, fourth and eight, it's basically over, except they hit Adam Cofield for 19 yards, clock pauses, uh, Drop by by Tinsley. Not super important, except that it ate up a lot of time. Uh, you're at the 43-yard line. They throw it to Cofield for 10 yards, first down, and then uh, a timeout, UTSA. Uh, not a whole lot of time left. Zappi throws it deep, incomplete. Uh, there was time left. There was like seven seconds left at this moment. It was basically over. The ball bounced, and the cl- the clock operator was real aggressive with the clock in this one. Um I put some more time on the clock. Put another second. Bailey uh, uh, throws the ball. Interception. Game over. Uh, that sack was huge. But they popped up and completed a 19-yard pass immediately after that. I thought that was incredible. It's one of those kinds of things that not everybody can do. And uh, I think it's just indicative of how good of an offense they were. If there were another minute on this clock, I think they'd drive down their score. And, I mean... I think they get the two-point conversion. It was that kind of game. We were, you know, seconds away from, from possibly uh, the biggest comeback in Conference USA history. Just 10 points. Shout out to Jordan Stepp, uh, Conference USA uh, Director of Communications, um, you know, for, for giving me the those numbers. He, he looked back through all of them. I was like, hey, what was the last, the biggest one? Um UAB came back against Middle Tennessee. They were down 13-3 early. I I was there. I I forgot that. I didn't remember that. I knew for whatever reason that it was 10 points, but I couldn't remember which teams. And the other one was uh, Tech and Marshall in 2014. Uh, This was a great game. Uh, I mean, like I said, I I think it was great for the city of San Antonio. It was great for UTSA, the program. Uh, Then they won a lot of fans. They're going to be in a great place, especially moving forward. If they can keep it keep it up, right? There's a very real possibility that Jeff Trailer cannot keep it up next season because they're not going to have Frank Harris, Cynthia McCormick, a lot of those guys. Uh, you know, college football is like that. Same thing for Western. But Western has shown that they can do this, right? They, this is their third championship game appearance in seven years in Conference USA. And I think that they were able to regain some of their identity. They were a high-scoring team or one of the highest-scoring teams in the league um, both times they won, right? And you know they would routinely put up big yardage. Um, it was notable that Zappy passed Dowdy, and I think he passed Mike White up too. Um, in in uh you know s- yards and stuff, he's like th- third highest all time, uh single season record. Incredible season for Zappy. And the thing is, if you can keep Kitley, then you could reasonably expect you can. It's very easy to recruit when you've already done it you've already done great things, right? Your recruiting pitch, my favorite recruiting pitch that I've heard is Mike Leach calling up uh, Gardner Minshew and saying, hey, do you want to lead the nation in passing? And he's like, yes, sure. Uh, You know, you can call and say that, but if you're like Army, they're like, sure, buddy. If you're Bailey Zappi, uh, I mean, Bailey Zappi's coach, and, uh, you know, Kitley, and you're calling up a, a high school prospect or a transfer or somebody, and you say, you know what? I coached up Bailey Zappi and I think you have some of the things that uh, he could do and I want you to come do it over here at Western Kentucky and let's go win a championship and let's set some records. You're going to say sure, that sounds great. And so I think that puts you in a great position. right? Shout out to Tyson Helton for not having a gigantic ego. Uh, he had an offensive background. He had some ideas that, uh, about what offense should be. And he said, you know what? I like what Kitley's doing down there. Let me call him up. Let me get him over here. He brought in his quarterback and three receivers. They completely changed the offense. Got him to a championship game. They were right there. They won the East Division. They were right there. Very close. And it was always gonna be a dark horse kind of thing considering that, you know, they didn't like build up the program to this point. Um, you know, like transfers and even big name transfers or talented transfers can go Lots of different ways, right? Just look at Skip Holtz over there in Louisiana Tech. Didn't quite work out for that guy, um, but full credit f- to him for saying, uh, l- "I need some improvement, and I'm going to find a guy that can do that for me. I'm going to bring him in, uh, and I'm going to let this group of, of players and, and this and coaches, uh, you know, do the thing." You're right there. Excellent season. Excellent game. A lot of entertainment. This is ultimately an entertainment uh deal. I was entertained as I was covering it and trying to report it to you uh and give you some context for it. Uh I d- I did hear um some of the local people like whispering uh, and I saw it in one of the reports and I said, I talked to the independence guy. He says they're gonna play BYU. So it's looking like UTSA, BYU and the independence bowl. All these things are gonna be decided after today's championship game. Uh so for conference USA you know, the the brief moment where you're in a conundrum about who is going where, Um, it looks like everybody's going to be able to get to a bowl. Hawaii has their special bowl. Hawaii they added a bowl so Hawaii can go to their bowl. And that means, and this next one's going to be in Frisco somewhere, so that probably means North Texas is good. Um, There was a sort of a moment where you're like, is North Texas going to get in, or is Old Dominion going to get in? And does anybody hold a grudge because both are leaving the conference, Old Dominion to the Sun Belt? In uh, North Texas to the AAC. Uh, well, it turns out nobody has to worry about that, right? It looks like U- UNT is going to get their wish, go to a local bowl in Frisco. There's a lot of ties to Frisco. Um, you know, I think there's a campus there. Uh, they, they, you know, there's like a, a partnership with the Cowboys at the start, the Cowboys headquarters. There's a lot of reasons why North Texas would be excited to go to Frisco and have the bowl there. There are a lot of reasons why. Uh, it makes sense for Frisco to say, yeah, bring them on over. Uh, they're going to get a big crowd there, and a lot of North Texan fans uh, will just scoot on over. Uh, so, you know, uh, Bahamas Bowl already going to pick, uh, uh, well, they already picked uh, Middle Tennessee. Just good stuff all around. Like, uh, Conference USA had a sort of a rough season. Uh, you know, like, in it last year, this year, they, they didn't win any of the bowl games. It was really down. This year was a, an amazing jump for a lot of teams. It is unfortunate for the league and the league structure that basically everybody said, we're, we're gone, we're going to leave. But you can see why for a lot of reasons, right? Like UTSA felt, yeah, UTSA, North Texas, various teams felt like they were not all moving the same direction um, and they saw the whole thing as an opportunity. I mean, uh, in San Antonio, there were some things written about like the TV deals. Like we're not able to see UTSA; they're eleven. What? Why can't we see them locally? What's the deal? Why do we have this weird situation? And some people were asking about the the deal, uh, forged long ago. Um, it, it you know, I understand the logic that the the, the people that are making the decisions for Conference USA made. Uh, like the deals, the television deals they tried to get, it's a hard sell to get FIU on TV and now people, wow, you know, we, you can make all the excuses. I think one of the, the most telling threads, uh, on Twitter was, uh, the, the guy from the, from the, uh, Miami Herald said, we stopped sending beat writers there because it was not driving subscriptions. Uh, nobody's going to the game, so it's not like man, everybody's here. We should cover it as a paper because we, you know, it's obviously important to the community. So like nobody cared. Like so, it's not like coverage wasn't there. So therefore, whatever, like we were sending somebody, but nobody's buying the paper because we were sending the beat guy there. Um, you know, I, I tweeted about this. It was shocking to me how sparsely populated the twenty eighteen game was for um, you know, Middle Tennessee. You had uh, Rick stockstill's still uh, kid there, hosting the championship game. Very winnable game. You just beat this team l- the week previous. And, you know, it was like maybe 50-50. But it really looked like UAB fans outnumbered him. Uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a rainy day. But, I mean, come on. It's a championship game. And, uh, you know, I, I think as successful as, like, Western Kentucky has been, I think the coaches there, um, you know, at least the football right, Brom left, They've kind of seen that maybe there's a limit to the support that you're gonna get, especially in football um you know that the the national recognition is not gonna be there necessarily, and you compare that like the teams that they've had and the recognition they've got versus u t s a you know you win a lot of games, yeah, but there was always that potential. I remember ten years ago when u t s a started that everybody was saying it could be this it could be thirty five it could be Forty, it could be f- sixty, fifty thousand people in you know the Alamo Dome because you have that capacity. Uh, in the lean years, it does suck, right? Uh, you're packing maybe sixteen thousand people, maybe um, in the Alamo Dome. Um, that doesn't that doesn't really work well. Um, but when it's working, it looks it looks great. It looked great for the league. You know, you're watching on TV. I watched a little bit and recorded it. and Watching a little bit on TV to get a sense of what it looked like on the broadcast. That looked like a real college football game, right? It looked like stuff's happening there. You can see people saying, I want to be a part of that. I want to go to a Conference USA school so we can play them. Or I want to go to UTSA so I can be a part of that every week. Um, that's the kind of thing that's good for the league. I don't know that's people fully taking advantage of and I don't know that they could anymore now that the you know, UTSA is leaving. You can't really build a marketing campaign saying, Conference USA, where we get this many people, because now Conference USA is going to be Jacksonville State, right? So tough position, um, you know, but I, I think for the teams leaving, like uh, like, you, like you, let's just go down the list in the West, right? UTSA, obviously you feel good. You won a championship, you won a league. UAB, uh, you know, UAB gets to say, hey, next year they're going to come here. You got a really good team coming to, um, to Birmingham to come play. We got a new stadium. Let's fill it like the way they did. Birmingham is very similar. It's it's basically San Antonio, just in Alabama, for a lot of reasons. And, um, you know, I think you can say you can make that same sell, right? Let's get really good. Let's get exciting. Let's get local guys so that way we can build local ties. And then we can have, you know, a capacity crowd for our stuff. Uh, you know, going forward, like North Texas, right? Um, North Texas, the, the stadium capacity is only 30,000 or whatever it was. But when it's packed, it's it's super loud, right? And they had thirty, you know, three thousand, whatever it was, for the Louisiana Tech game. Uh for those teams, like you got Tulsa coming, they usually come to Dallas Fort Worth. Uh there's a ton of UTEP fans that are in the area, and, and they make it over there. I think they're obviously not going to be in the AAC. But wha- what I'm getting at is that like Dallas Fort Worth is packed with people. It's a it's a travel hub. It's easy to get people to that area to go fill it up. And that's one reason why, like, North Texas is very excited about the future there because they have access to those kinds of things, right? It's easy for UTSA to come up and support their program and, you know, have a big game in Denton. And it's easy for North Texas fans to go down to San Antonio and do a similar thing. Um, I don't think that uh, either team has been very good when it's been the other way, right? It's like one team has been bad when they played in San Antonio every time. Um, You know... Well, I don't know that you were getting it going to Ruston. It's harder to get to Ruston. Uh it's you can drive there or whatever like that, but you can fly into Alabama up to Birmingham. You can uh like Tulsa's a, a relatively easy trip up. It's only it's like I think it's like 9 hours from San Antonio if you drive. Not not terrible. Um and you know, you're going through some major major hubs. You're driving through civilization and like driving to El Paso. Um and then you got Houston, right? Houston's huge. I don't know if Rice is ever going to get the kind of attention that they want to get. You know, the only time they fill out their stadium is when they play uh, like a Houston, and you know that doesn't quite work out. But even Houston, right? The Cougars, uh, they have to get like an Oklahoma. They don't play at you know, TDCU Stadium or whatever it is. Anyway, they're going to the Big Twelve, whatever. My point in all this is that you can see well, maybe like a UTSA, in North Texas, this and the other. They say, look, maybe Western Kentucky is great, middle's is great, but they don't really align with us, like in a football culture kind of way, that they're not really doing the same kind of things that we are doing or want to play the, the game the way we want to play. And similar with like FAU, uh, everybody makes fun of them for their attendance, but I mean, if you ever been to the beach, I don't, you know, and you're at the beach, I don't know why you'd want to leave the beach. Um, you can see similar things like FIU, they have that. Sort of setup where you're like, well, we like in a city, we're the city's program, no investment there. That's the real kicker. That UTSA is over here getting businesses to invest a hundred thousand to get um you know students in the stadium, and FIU doesn't have pads for their guys. Not really the same game. Um, you know, in I- in those situations, you can see where like Marshall's kind of peeved, and like we you know we we try, we're just we don't have the. Same kind of resources, but we have a lot of history, a lot of culture, and that, that means something. That's important, too. Uh, I don't disagree. I, I didn't make these decisions. I'm just trying to understand them. Um, so there we are. Excellent game. Um, good showcase on a Friday. You got all the attention. Unlike today, right? Like There's a bunch of games going on today. The attention's uh split. A lot of people were like, we're playing on a Friday? Why are we playing on a Friday? Um, if it was in the middle of nowhere... Uh, with a half-empty stadium, nice. so you could. I, I keep talking about that one because there because of Middle Tennessee Stadium, it you know the the press box that is nice, the the what is it called the um camera one the the I can't even think of the name the camera that flies over the stadium right. Uh, the guys that controlled it were like right next to me talking, and you can hear them talking to each other, and they're like, "Look, there's nobody in the stands. I guess we're not gonna do any crowd shots. Let's. I don't know. Let's try to find something interesting to look at with this thing." Versus the Alamo Dome, where it was set up because they do it for the Alamo Bowl, you know, this, that, and the other. It was easy. Uh, they got There was enthusiasm. The crowd was live. Good stuff all around. It, it helps them put on a great show, and then that great show means that they will want to put on more shows. They want more of it, right? People watch. Everybody's entertained. Everybody m- can make some money, and it's good for everybody. Uh, that's why you do it on Friday. You put on a great show where everybody's watching. And I thought, uh, like I said, for UTSA, they came out the biggest winners. Uh, second biggest is Western Kentucky. Bailey's Zappi, specifically, I think everybody got to see his quality. Um, definitely, like, uh, Kitley, he's going to get some shine. Uh, coaches knew what was up with that guy, but I think he's getting a little extra now. Same thing Tyson Helton, I think he's going to get a little attention. And, you know, good stuff for the for the league, even though it might only last two years or whatever it is um ladies and gentlemen this has been the cusa report podcast we're done we'll get into basketball i, I had some basketball notes right now but um i'm not going to talk about it right now like i said suffice it to say that louisiana tech looks real good uh north texas had a big game today i forget again too and then they they canceled it so they're playing like lsu Shreveport or something like that um what else did i saw See, today I, I saw like UTEP was playing somebody. I don't know I haven't been able to keep up with everybody as well as I want. We'll get into that. We'll do a deep dive. We'll watch a lot of games and we'll talk about it. And then we'll be in Frisco for, for that game. That should be a fun one. Um, but until then, I hope you enjoyed your football season. The next big event is recruiting. Everybody's going to try to get a little bit better. Uh, I haven't taken a look at the at the recruiting rankings right now. Everything changes. I think there have been more transfers in the portal in history. This time something like uh I don't remember the number right now. But it's it's a ton. And uh we'll see where your program f- figures uh to be. I think after this game we might see some coaching changes, but really after um uh, after recruiting that's when everybody's gonna move around. They're gonna complete their job, sign everybody in the dotted line and then <laughs> and then leave. That's what's gonna happen. Uh so we'll we'll talk about that. We'll do a recruiting recap. Ladies and gentlemen, we are done. Have a good one.